Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Stakes, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell, coast to coast. All right, Pharrell with you on Coast to Coast, hour number two. Bam is going to go tonight. It looks like that uh, is turning into a... Uh, an inevitable situation for the heat that they're finally going to get their big back in there. I still think, Oh, I think, you know, the guy's amazing, no doubt about it, but I think the oil that makes the engine run is tragic and not having him has been a glaring uh, omission from that lineup for certain. All right. uh, We bring in mafia now to talk about uh, the UFC. And I guess I want to start with the Usman Burns fight. The main event Mm -hmm. at, at 256 has been called off. What happened there? Yeah, Usman needs a little more time to recover. It's surprising because we didn't think, obviously, in the fight against Masvidal, he took much damage because he dominated in the whole fight. But apparently, he had a broken nose that he suffered in that fight, had to get it fixed, and is taking a little more time to recover than he hoped it would. So while they wanted to get it at the end of the year, what they're going to have to do now is they're looking to do it maybe in January or February, give him a couple more weeks to recover, and then get his camp going, and then be ready for that fight. So uh, I really like this kid, Burns. I think everyone's excited about his potential. He's been uh, very surprising and dominant. But uh, this is a different animal altogether in this Usman. Uh, A lot of guys talk big that they're going to take Usman out, and they just don't do it. What do you think will happen to Burns when they do fight eventually? I think Usman's going to win. I think he's going to, you know, I'm not sure which way he's going to go to dominate him. I think it would probably be more for him to try to do like he did against Masvidal, maybe where he goes in the clinch and against the cage and just kind of tries to wear him down instead of just standing and trying to throw shots like he did against Covington because that's what he's done against most fighters. Covington, I think, I think he just had a little more respect as far as his wrestling base, thinking that it would be better for him to try to just go straight up. He didn't think that he was as good of a stand-up fighter as he was a ground fighter, so he said, hey, I'm going to just trade with him. Against most of these other guys, though, he's got him against the cage, you know, got him in the ground put him on their back, and just wore him down over five rounds. So I think that's what he's going to do with Burns, which should need more time to train because, you know, he's done it time and time again. It's not like he really needs to drill some new thing he hasn't done before, but you want to make sure you're fully recovered because the last thing you want to do is go in with a busted nose that's not fully healed, and then the guy pops, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's bleeding, it's swelling, it's, you know, making it hard for you to see all the things that could happen when that, you know, occurs during a fight. Let's talk about John Jones and Adesanya, the the mounting uh, smack talk and yeah. hatred toward one another. And where is that? And it, it's obvious Dana White wants to make this fight come to fruition. When do you think that'll happen? And uh, it's just getting bigger and bigger, this, uh, this confrontation between these two. Yeah, you got to make it happen if this is going to go on because all smack talk, all this drama is just not worth it. The problem is, you know, as we've outlined before, there's so many different things that are against it, whether it's being out of signing when you clear out that division and before he moves up to light heavyweight, whether it being John Jones no longer being a light heavyweight, giving up that, you know, throne to go to heavyweight. So we, they're not even technically right now in the same division or one up. So it would have to be Jones coming back to light heavyweight, which he said he wasn't going to do, in order to fight this kid moving up, which he said he wasn't going to do yet. So while we all want it, 
Well, it seems like they want it because they're talking all this trash. There's just so many things that make you question how they can do it right now. It might be something we end up waiting for, which in, to that respect, it's like, don't talk all the trash now because you're going to get us all worked up, get us all excited for these guys to throw down and then not fight them for a year or two. That's just not worth it. Nobody wants to see it then. People are tired of it. It's like Covington and Mosfield. The more this goes on back and forth, the trash talking, you know, we want it when it's happening. We don't want to wait and wait and wait and then forget about them hating each other. And then the fight matters, you know, not at all anymore. I'd love to see it, and I just wonder if uh, Adesanya, who I think can uh, kick anyone's ass, I don't know if he can do it to John Jones. I think John Jones is a batter mother for other than he is. Uh, I welcome in all of our radio affiliates now on Coast to Coast, sportsgridradio.com. Get the Sports Grid Radio app. Check out our YouTube page. Subscribe free, and you can watch us do the shows. Uh, just search Sports Grid Radio on YouTube, and you're good to go. We're on Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California as well. Very exciting. Catch Sports Grid Radio overnights. Pharrell on a bench, Sports Rage, and Bagels and Bad Beats. I'll see you tonight on a bench at 10 p.m. Eastern. All right, Moff. Habib finally has talked about his strategy uh, for his fight with uh, mm-hmm. Gaethje, and it's basically, I'm going to wrestle I'm going to get him down, even if it takes me 100 tries. I'm going to get him down, and then I'm going to beat the crap out of him. That's his game. Yeah, that, that's the funniest thing. When you see that headline, like, oh, he talks about his strategy. Like, oh, really? He's going to do something different? What's he going to do? I'm like, oh, what are you going to change to fight catch? He's like, nothing. I'm going to do exactly what I did against everybody else. I don't care if this guy thinks he can wrestle. I'm just going to keep going and taking him down and beating him up. And that's exactly what you would have expected from you know Khabib. So the fact that this was even a story is laughable because it isn't. It's a non-story saying he's going to fight the same way he has always fought. Like, thanks. Glad you clued us in on that one. I wasn't sure if that's how it was going to go. So tell me about uh, Gaethje. He said that he wants to get the belt and he wants to be the hunted instead of the hunter because that's basically what he's been. Yeah, and that's what all these guys are until they get the belt. For you know, every time you see a guy fight and he gets a win, what's the first? Well, maybe not the first question, but one of the questions they ask, and probably the last one usually is, "Well, who do you want to fight next?" And that happens all the time, whether it's fighting, you know, as far as MMA, whether it's boxing, they always do that. Where they ask a guy who he wants or the girl who they want to fight next, and then you know maybe they'll call a couple people out, and then you get these confrontations where maybe the person's there and they get in the cage and stare you down, or then you get Twitter wars, things like that. So he wants to be done with that. He's like, you know what? If you're the champ. You don't need to call anybody out. You don't need to say who you want to fight next. Everybody wants to fight you. So you just sit there and let them come. So that's what he's looking forward to. If he can unify the belts that he has, you know, with him and Khabib and then become the actual champ. Then he's saying, you know what? Then I don't have to worry about who am I going to fight next. All I have to worry about is who they tell me this guy's next. And then I'll fight them because he doesn't want to be the one to pick out the fights anymore. You still are on Habib over this guy, though, even though he's a badass. Even though he's a badass, even though he has a wrestling base, Poirier was a badass. Poirier knew how to wrestle, and we saw how that went. Khabib just took him and ragdolled him the whole fight, beat him up, and finished him off. And as good as Gaethje is, that's how it's going to be this time. All right, uh, Mark, you did a great job. We'll come back with Rick Harrell on Sports Business. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down, and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're going to learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Pharrell, back on uh, Coast to Coast, we bring in Rick Haro now, our sports business and legal insider. 
from Harvard. He's on SportsGrid and on Coast to Coast regularly. How are you, Mr. Haro? I am fine. It's. Uh, I was going to say this is my house. It, it, it's actually not. I'm up here in Connecticut. I'm on the way to Harvard. I've got some very important business uh, w- near you in New Jersey next week. So this is a, another one of those leaf-turning weeks, uh, which is kind of interesting. You know, I don't know if you knew this, but in Florida, the leaves just fall off the ground. And, uh, you know, we don't, we don't have any leaf-turning, although uh, we have a, a hurricane team that's seventh and a dolphin team that's headed for nowhere. Yeah, let me ask you this question. If you were uh, Flores and uh, Fitzmagic, he named the starter for the game in San Francisco this week. If he fails out there like he did uh, this week at home, couldn't score a touchdown against Seattle, do you finally bring in Tua next week? Well, and then they got the Rams. You know, if you look at their schedule, it doesn't get easy as far as defensive linemen. So, I guess my first instinct in the draft year uh, was, let's win this year. But then I became a little more realistic, and I guess we need an extra year. And if that's the case, make sure the guy didn't get hurt. I'd love to see what he's going to be doing on the field. We didn't have any preseason games, so we don't know. And everybody's excited with him and jersey sales and number one and the whole thing. So, yeah, I want to see him. The Marlins are losing 9-5 to the Braves right now in the bottom of the eighth, and they have runners on first and second. Were you uh, excited about what they did to the Cubs? Well, given my Cubdom, not really. But, you know, the fact that the Marlins looked better than anybody would have thought, and it looks like yet another year. Remember their last two world championships, there were only two. They started as a wild card, and they came from that role, and here they are again. And so – you know, will it help baseball in Miami? Winning helps anything in Miami, as you know. And, of course, everybody's rooting to make sure that everybody, when fans ultimately come back, have a reason to come back. So I guess you could argue that now that the Cubs are gone, the Marlins ought to uh, uh, see where they can go. You still root for the Cubs over the Marlins when the Marlins are in the playoffs, you fascist. Uh, do you think the Canes will uh, handle their business and do well against Clemson this week, or will they get their ass beat? Those are three different questions. They won't get their ass beat. Uh, they'll do okay. I'm not sure they handle their business. But, you know, this is one of those times, like, remember, what was it, three years ago when they were number two in the country, they steamrolled Notre Dame before they got upset by Pitt, Pittsburgh and then Clemson killed them. This is a week where you can just sit back and say, this is one of the top teams in the country. I don't know how good they are. This kind of king is great. They finally got a quarterback that's mobile. They finally got some studs on defense yet again. So I wouldn't be surprised if they make it close. And you and I both know we can't bet against them, right? Well, maybe we could bet against them. We can't root against them. So the Heat play tonight, are they going to even it up or lose? Yeah, the Heat uh, are going to lose, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, I'm, again, I'm rooting for them to, to even it up. Look at what they've done in a very short period of time. Jersey sales, Jimmy Butler in the top 10. Obviously, LeBron is up there in the Greek freak and Anthony Davis as well. But, you know, the Heat are now becoming relevant again, uh, even though no crowds are there. But next year, and who knows when that is? You know, it may not be until 2022. I know you're going to shoot me, but everybody's now making contingency plans about crowds. The Heat are relevant. They're playing well. It's a gutty team. It's a great team with Hero and Bam and those guys. It's fun to watch them. So uh, baseball playoffs, Globe Life's going to allow 10,500 fans in for the NLCS and the World Series. What do you think of that? I, I think it's going to be. <laughs> guys in- walking behind him in the house. I, 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 <laughs> Well, you want a TV? They're, they're bringing TVs upstairs, okay? <laughs> it's pretty bizarre. What's your, what's your question again? Yeah, I got the question. There were allowing 11,500 fans, about 950 sweet holders. And this is the idea to have some normal people at the World Series as well as the NLCS. So you can't, and the ALCS, you can't blame Rob Manfred for, for trying to make this work. And frankly, they cumulatively say they lost $3 billion dollars but as far as the revenue is concerned, they're going to get some back in TV and obviously some, even if it's a little bit, with crowds and merchandise. So they announced baseball they're going to shift their draft to, like, July. Yeah, the draft is going to be, for, uh, you know, a few months uh, later, it's going to be in Atlanta in conjunction with the All-Star game. They wanted some excitement. They also, it's very hard to draft kids this year, right, because you didn't see any college kids this year playing baseball. So what are you going to do? 
This gives the teams an extra two, three months to work them out. And it also gives Atlanta a little more excitement that All-Star Week. And it gives Major League Baseball some excitement to wrap everything around one big weekend in Atlanta. So three reasons why it's a win-win-win. How about a new baseball store in Midtown Manhattan? 10,000 square feet. So uh, we just got to bring crowds back to Midtown Manhattan, as we know. Uh, Rob Manfred was saying pop-ups are great, but retail will sell more. And this is very important because we know people aren't going to come back to games early. But maybe if New York, when New York opens up, baseball retail always continues to go up. It was down a bit this year, predictably, because no games, uh, no fans, uh, no on-site purchases. But in Manhattan, this becomes a big deal. Has the WNBA done well in Bradenton at the uh, IMG Academy? The Wubble, women's bubble, that's an interesting one. Uh, The viewership, by the way, is up 68%. And it's been great to watch for that league. And also what they're trying to figure out how to do is to make sure that they do some kind of a permanent structure. IMG Academy has hosted in Bradenton, which was brilliant. They're also building a new arena for them, uh, for all of their talent and all of their basketball kids that are rolling in and out it's great and now they're going to try to figure out how to connect the wnba in some official uh long-term way what are they doing at harvard with these students and their uh fund that they're creating their investment uh, thesis what's happening with that well isaiah kasevinsky and he's got three other of his friends we know him really well he's great 50 million dollar or more plus fund It is a Harvard athlete, former athlete connection trust fund to do social good for programs that are very important, men's sports, women's sports, youth sports, all over the place, funded. The connection to Harvard is all of the major investors are Harvard guys. And, and, uh, you know, I think that's a great idea as well. And they're all really important people. The more money you raise for social causes, it's better for everybody. How about NASCAR? They're getting down and dirty in 2021. What's the plan? Yeah, well, look at the numbers when you take a look at it. The places that are big, Dover and uh, Texas Motor Speedway and Michigan, they're going from two races to one. Uh, Darlington and Atlanta going from one to two. A dirt race in Bristol and a dirt race in the Indy infield. So what they're trying to do is replace some of the races that people said were kind of boring with some interesting races, especially if you have a dirt race, which hasn't happened in 29 years, that's a start. How about the bowl season? It's all uh, systems go to a full bowl schedule. Well, we'll take a look at the numbers. 127 of the 130 uh, Division I programs, um, Power 5 and not, they're playing. And so why not try to figure out how to get as many of the bowls in as you can? 41, for example. Now, the requirement has been you got to win six games. That ain't happening in, in most cases. So they'll have a waiver. But at the end of the day, all of the Bulls are looking for three things. They're looking for television. They're looking for sponsorship. And they're looking for avid fans. Attendance has never been a big deal for Bulls. So the fact that you're not going to have a whole lot of people attending the bowl games won't make that much difference in the long run. So uh, what is the national uh, petitions that are going on with politicians to save youth sports? I got 45 seconds, respectfully. Hey, this is a really important way to end because youth sports has always been big. You know, the traveling uh, programs for uh, Top Warner and Cal Ripken baseball and all of that. It's a $27 billion industry that's been cut because of COVID. You can't travel. You can't do it. And a lot of people are saying, don't prohibit us from reopening. We don't want subsidies, we'd like it, but let's make sure that we have the ability to continue to have youth sports. It's a big deal. And then they'll probably get some significant attention. All right, Rick, uh, we'll see you tonight on the bench during the Heat Lakers game four. Enjoy yourself uh, in Connecticut. All right, uh, thanks, Rick, Uh, great stuff. We'll come back and get into the Packers and Chiefs wins last night on the doubleheader on Monday Night Football. Sports Rage with Gabe Marenzi. The way they're going, like, I don't know, they could be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Well, no, if they're trying to tank, then they're going to keep Dan Quinn. But just imagine if they got Trevor Lawrence and they got a real quarterback. The Jets might suck, but so do the Falcons right now. The Sports Grid Network.
Sports Grid. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Yeah, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Who are these people? Unranked. That's awesome. All right, uh, Cam Stewart, everybody in Toronto. uh, Check out Game Time Decisions. It rocks at the top of the hour. Uh, Yeah, Springer, a two-run jack, 2-1 Astros lead in uh, sunny Southern Cali at uh, Chavez Ravine. And it is bright, and it's 2-1 Astros. And they're in the uh, bottom of the third. Davis hit a home run for the A's again like he did yesterday after I said he never does anything. Uh, He's hitting a home run every day now in my honor. But they're not winning, so what's the difference? You can hit all the home runs you want if you don't win. Uh, It's like scoring 36 in a basketball game and you lose. Uh, No one cares how many you score when you lose. All right, so uh, Carver, I'm going to talk a little bit about last night's two uh, football games. Yes, we have two Monday night football games to talk about, Scotty. Let's start with the late one first. Packers dominate the Falcons. 30-16, 30-16, to 16, they move to 4-0, and Falcons now 0-4. We start with Aaron Rodgers. He says the Packers offense, Scotty, has been outstanding this year. I do feel really good in the offense. I feel like Matt and I are really on the same page. Um, not that we weren't last year. I just feel like we're doing, doing so much more. You know, I think I think the creativity and the aggressive nature has been, has been really good. We've known when to push, when to pull back. And I think as a team, you know, you never know what the team's going to look like. Um, every year you have to have kind of a new rallying cry, new uh, new mantras, new slogans, new sayings, new things that happen, new dances. You look at Jamal for that stuff. But but I like the way we're, we're starting out. We've had to win with offense, uh, you know, a couple games, and the defense really settled in, did a nice job tonight. Um, we still owe them probably four or five games from last year, so we're trying to pay them back to early in the season. You know, it's amazing what he does when you think about it, Carver High, with who he throws to, a bunch of nobodies. Uh, He made Lazard a star, then he gets injured. The only guy he's ever had is Devontae Adams, bottom line. Uh, They never draft receivers. Uh, They've done nothing to help him, and he just continues to pour passes into their arms like loaves of bread. I mean, this guy Tanya last night had three touchdowns. No one's ever heard of the guy before, literally – Last night, no one has ever heard of that guy ever until he had three touchdowns last night. Now he leads the NFL in terms of tight ends with touchdowns. So it's all because Aaron Rodgers is such an incredible player. I think that he's so good that he makes the rest of that team, which I don't think they're anything to write home about, but they're undefeated. And it's not like it's a team loaded with big names and stars. They just don't have that. They're just a great football team, well-coached. This guy's doing a better job than McCarthy did there, even though McCarthy did a great job in Green Bay. I mean, you go to the playoffs eight out of nine years and win a Super Bowl. Let's see LaFleur do that. Uh, But he's off to a great start. And it's obvious that Rodgers likes LaFleur better than McCarthy. Yes, he does like him. You saw all the numbers there while we were listening to him. Second in yards, first in QBR, no picks yet this year. He hasn't even had Devontae Adams the last two games, right? And he's still throwing to these guys uh, like Tanya and the the tight end and just getting it done. He also said today, Scotty, uh, on the Pat McAfee show, which you see here on Sports Grid, I sometimes laugh when people talk about down years for me because a lot of times down years for me 
are career years for other quarterbacks. He's probably right about that, Scotty. There's no doubt about it. I mean, and he's like fine wine. He's actually getting better. I thought for certain that after they lost in the NFC Championship game that they were going to fall back in the pack, and they've actually become the best team in the NFC. You can't tell me that they're not dangerous. And I think the other team that's been impressive for me uh, is Seattle. So those two teams stand out. Uh, The Saints, I give none of that love to. Now, let's see what the Saints do with Michael Thomas back. Uh, I think they're going to be a lot better with him, obviously. But they're not better than the Seahawks and Packers right now. To the other side of the coin, there's the Falcons, Scotty, who are now 0-4. Dan Quinn did not discuss his future with owner Arthur Blank. There is no indication that he's going to get fired after this 0-4 start here. His quarterback, Matt Ryan, he believes that the Falcons, Scotty, they can still turn things around. Here's Matty Ice. Can this team dig out of this hole, Matt? I believe so. You know, I've been around a long time. I know... um, you know, times can be tough, that's for sure. I've gone through some of those uh, throughout my career, but I also know that uh, momentum can happen quickly. And, uh, you know, the, the ability to rip off a few wins in a row is, is something that, you know, we're capable of doing. But, you know, we've got we've to get it started now. Uh, and, and we've got to find a way to get it done this week. Well, uh, they got to figure out how to win one game. Talking about ripping off uh, several wins in a row is laughable to me. And he's right about one thing. He's been around for a long time now because he's certainly not the quarterback that he was. He's fallen off. He makes all kinds of terrible throws now. Uh, There's no denying it. Look at the Bears game. So, uh, and again, last night, uh, I just thought he looked average at best. Now, if they don't beat the Panthers this week at Mercedes – then they'll never fire Dan Quinn. If he survived all of this, you know what? It's so funny to me is that he survived uh, all these weeks of, of, of meltdowns and blown leads and losses and everything. He's literally, I don't even care anymore if they fire him. I I just don't even care. Just keep him, (laughs) keep him forever. Because I think the uh, franchise honestly has become the butt of jokes. So you're now people making fun of you. Now, if that's what you want, have at it. So Arthur blank, is candy ass because he won't fire the head coach that he's best friends with. And I think it makes him look foolish. I think it makes the Falcons look even worse. So I think they're the uh, laughing stock of the NFL right now. And the fact that they won't fire that guy is the most amazing thing I think I've seen in the NFL in a while. He should have been fired at the end of last year, let alone these four weeks. And now they're saying he's not even discussing firing him. Then don't fire him at all. Nobody gives a rat's ass. I don't even care if they fire him anymore. Well, everybody loves Dan. You know that, Scotty. Uh, Julio Jones' status for week five is in doubt after re-aggravating his hamstring injury last night. We'll see if he can play against the Panthers this week. The other game, the Chiefs offense did he, he, has. Become he doesn't worthless. play. He doesn't play. He doesn't, play. He doesn't <laughs> practice, and he doesn't catch touchdowns. What does he do besides get headlines? We talk every week on this show about Julio Jones' hamstrings more what? than we talk about betting on big games. Here's what I did last night. I bet against the Falcons again, and I made more money. And Julio Jones doesn't scare me at all because he can't run anymore because his legs are going to fall off because his hamstrings are worse than Deshaun Jackson's, period. Boom. Other game, the Chiefs kind of cruised to a 26-10 to win. The offense did struggle at times, Scotty, as Bill Belichick had a pretty good plan against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. Their problem last night, Scotty, they couldn't move the football. Hoyer was awful for the Patriots. Uh, Stidham came in. He did lead him on one drive, but then you saw Stidham throw a couple of picks. He didn't look too good either. Let's start, Scotty, with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he says it's always tough to score on the Bill Belichick Pat Patriot defense. Yeah, I mean, they have a they have a lot of good veteran players. I think that's uh, the first thing. Uh, when you have good players and you do different schemes and you're able to do that, uh, usually are a pretty good defense. And and then as as for for us, I felt like we, uh, especially me, I didn't execute at a high enough level when you're playing against a defense like that. If you want to go out there and have success, look, I mean, you get down to the ten yard line right before the half, and he gets sacked, and they don't get a field goal or anything out of it, and then they get down to the ten again, he gets sacked and fumbles. I think that was the end of the game right there. It didn't matter if they brought in Stidham 
And I thought Stidham got lucky with the float corner pattern that was uh, caught uh, by Harry for the touchdown. But I, I thought the rest of the time he was in, uh, he looked terrible. So that's Let the me- guy that's the future, too. I said this last night on Pro on the Bench. Your future was out there last night. You were looking at your future. And I got to tell you, it was rather murky. Let me set this one up for you. There was one key moment in the game, Scotty, where it looked like the Patriots were going to recover a fumble from Patrick Mahomes. It was called forward progress on the on the play. The play was blown dead. Uh, the reporters wanted Bill Belichick to talk about it, Scotty. And as usual, after a big loss, Bill was not having any of it. Here's Belichick. On the Tony Corrente in the grasp call, um, he's going to be asked about that in an official pool report. I was just curious from your perspective on um, did you what was the consideration on possibly throwing a challenge flag there to see if maybe the, the ball was out. Uh, to call forward progress and it's down, it's, it, you can't challenge that. Call him down and call forward progress. That's what I thought he called. Hi, Bill, was it clear on the field that that's what Tony Corrente called, that it was forward, forward progress? Because at least from what we could hear, there was never an announcement made on that play. Yeah, well, ask Tony what he called. I don't know. But it, it was clear to you before the Chiefs came out to punt that it was a forward pro- progress call and not that he was down on the sack? I just answered this question. I feel like I'm, an- I'm asking a different question. Well, I'm giving you the same answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is awesome. That, that made my day more than uh, the bad news about Eddie Van Halen dying. And the best part about that, Cliff Scotty, is you can tell that like the, some of the guys that cover, and there's some that do a great job covering the Pats. We know that, but those particular couple of guys, like it's not like they were almost they were almost hesitant to ask Bill any kind of question like that because you know that he's going to give you some answer, give you the short answer, and that's how it sounded with those Patriot reporters there. Uh, Cam Newton, Scotty, uh, asymptomatic as of Monday, he could be cleared to return in five days if he continues to not show symptoms and has two negative tests 24 hours apart. So we'll see what happens with Cam for later this week. Sony Michelle put on IR with a quad injury. Uh, the Titans, Scotty, no zero uh, positive tests the last couple of days. They might get back into their facility tomorrow where uh, they can start getting ready for a potential game with the Buffalo Bills this Sunday, which would be a couple of undefeated teams. I got to tell you, now, some people might think that they have, like, some kind of vacation going on here, but they're getting rods shoved up their nose all day, every day, and they haven't been practicing, and they've been having Zoom meetings. So here's what's going to happen. The Bills are going to go in there and kick them right in a sack, and they're going to beat them in Tennessee. Sports Today. Ronald Jones, 20 carries, 111 yards, made the most of his sole opportunity he got yesterday. Mike Evans, seven receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown. And then O.J. Howard, who got hurt in this one and probably won't be around for a while, had three receptions, 50 yards, and a touchdown. And so the Bucks will have to decide whether or not uh, to go to Cameron Great more often or maybe Rob Gronkowski gets more opportunity. We'll have to see there. The Sports Grid Network. Morning after. So my question is, can, can Jimmy Butler drag this team not only to one win, but to four wins and shock the world? No. <laughs> I'm sorry to pull the plug on it. I'm not going to be a prisoner of the moment or let recency bias conquer the fact that they have to win four out of seven games. Uh, I don't think they just have the firepower to match that four out of seven times. The Sports Grid Network. Welcome to the Roslyn Eye Center. For 60 years and growing, we are the number one choice for the best from Chanel to Moscot. We carry unique and stylish frames for the most discerning taste. Try customizing your lenses with one of our 24 customized colored mirrors. We also have one of the largest infant and children's eyewear selections. And with two on-staff optometrists, get a complete eye exam for the entire family. Free safety glasses to protect your eyes. For the most enjoyable eyewear experience, check us out at Roslyn Eye Center. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
All right, Carver, hi. There's a lot of news breaking this afternoon in the NFL, and some of it isn't good. Yeah, you're right, Scotty. Uh, Raiders placed defensive tackle Maurice Hurst on the uh, COVID list today per a source. Now, he did play on Sunday in the Raiders game against the Bills. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that he has COVID. He could have came in contact, close contact with somebody who did. Uh, those details not out yet, but um, hopefully not a similar situation to last week where one Titan had it and then a bunch of Titans had it, and then obviously they did not play the whole week. So uh, we'll see what happens with Hurst uh, and the Raiders uh, as he gets put on the COVID list uh, today. Uh, they do play uh, at Kansas City against the Chiefs uh, coming up this Sunday, Scotty. So we'll keep our eyes on that, too, the rest of the week. Uh, Bill O'Brien fired yesterday, as we know, by the Houston Texans. Let's hear from Bill one more time, Scotty. He has no regrets of his time in Houston, and he'll only have good memories. Here's Bill. You know, I understand we fell short in terms of uh, taking this team further in the playoffs, but I, I do leave knowing that uh, – uh, myself and this staff gave everything this uh, this organization deserved and more. We worked very, very hard to try to get this to a place where, you know, it, it could it could be a championship program. We just didn't get it uh, get it done. Um, I will leave here with very fond memories of the Houston Texans organization. Very fond memories of Houston. Well, there you go, and everybody else is going to be glad that it's over, and they're going to try to win a game finally with Romeo Crennel, the 73-year-old, will be the interim coach for the rest of the season. And uh, do you believe any of that, that they're going to target Josh McDaniels? Are they just going to become the uh, Patriots all over again? Did they not just do that with Bill O'Brien? Are they going to go right back to the well? Yeah, you would think, Scotty, but uh, he's one of the flavors of the month, uh, Josh McDaniels, that's for sure. It'll be him and Eric Bieniemy who should get a job, and uh, probably Dable from the Bills. All these offensive guys are going to be the ones who everybody goes after when the season is over. Um, who knows? They've got a good quarterback in Watson, so uh, McDaniels pairing him with him, that could be a good pair. Uh, Carr and Waller of the Raiders were fined for COVID violations. No idea, Scotty, if Maurice Hurst uh, was hanging out with them at that gathering last week, uh, the charity function that Waller had. Giants still have faith in struggling Daniel Jones. We'll see how that works out for them Sunday in Dallas. 49ers, Scotty, uh, they've got a lot going on. Fred Warner says that the defense is very upset after their loss to the Eagles. Ziggy Ansa done for the season with a biceps injury. They released wide receiver Mohamed Sanu. Uh, revolving door of injuries, it seems like, every week for the 49ers, Scotty. Yeah, and then they get the luxury of playing the Dolphins, who uh, can't get out of their own way all of a sudden. And then as far as Daniel Jones goes, I mean, how many times do I have to say it? Uh, this guy, uh, he stinks. Turns the ball over, fumbles the ball. I mean, what does he do that's so special? They've they've been trying to sell me this guy as the second coming of Eli Manning. I mean, he's not even as good as Manning ever was. Let's face facts. Manning's got two Super Bowls. He beat Tom Brady twice. Daniel Jones can't even win a game. They're going to go down to Dallas. They're going to get whacked this week, too. Even though Dallas stinks, they're still going to whack the Giants because they're worse. Anthony Lynn, Chargers coach, still will not commit to Justin Herbert as his starting quarterback. Scotty, look, um, I know that Taylor was playing and he got an unfortunate situation with the doctor puncturing the lung. The kids played real well the last three weeks. It's going to be real hard for Lynn to go and tell the guys in his locker room, sorry, guys, I'm going to go back to Tyrod over here and take the kid out. That's a tough build as well with the way the kid's playing. I, you know, I would agree with all that, that he's played great. But I think one of the things, as you know, uh, these guys, veterans in the NFL, that that uh, clubhouse, they know that that was Tyrod's job. He got screwed over. The doctor punctured his lung. And I could see the coach going back to the veteran because of veteran players on that team. Not everybody's a rookie like Herbert getting, you know, everything handed to him on a silver platter because the guy gets injured because of a doctor. I still think Lynn's going to go back to Taylor and either sink or swim with the decision. I think he owes it to him uh, as his coach not to shaft him over some doctor injuring him. I think it's Taylor's job. I think Herbert's done a, a good job, no doubt about it. But at the same time, they're not winning. You know what I mean? They're in these games. He's done a good job, but they're not winning. So I don't see what the problem is if he goes back to Taylor. And in, in fact, I think that's what he's going to do.
Matt Patricia, Lions coach, has defended after the game on Sunday. He said that he had a lot of work to do when he took over the Lion job. He's caught some heat for that the last couple days from former players. Uh, He defended it yesterday, basically uh, a really poor defense, honestly. So I know I say that all the time. Scotty, when he took over the team, they had were coming off two nine and seven seasons, and the year before that they made the playoffs. This was all with Caldwell as the coach. It wasn't as bad as he's trying to make it out here that he had to take over some awful franchise two years ago. Yeah, I think he's got his stories mixed up. What's happened is they were actually doing well, and then he took over for no reason whatsoever. They should have never fired Caldwell. They had to eat the crow sandwich on that. Then they hired this guy, and he's been a complete loser. That's just all there is to it. There's no getting around it. Matt Patricia's days of coaching as a head coach in the NFL will be over soon, and he'll be an assistant for the rest of his life because he has done a terrible job running the Lions into the ground. And everyone gets to see it. He's on full display that he can't hack it as a head coach in the NFL. He's a lifetime assistant. That's all there is to it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at least he's going to know where he stands. Because once they whack him, I don't see that guy getting a head coaching job in the NFL again. Maybe college at best. The Bears are giving Nick Foles the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, he'll be starting Thursday night at home against the Buccaneers. Jamal Adams of the Seahawks, he still cannot run. He may miss another week for them. Nice job with the picture, by the way. We never talked about that yesterday. His little uh, Twitter post of uh, some paraphernalia that he had on the table, and then he decided to go and delete it and take another picture. Did you like that picture from Jamal Adams, Scotty? with that paraphernalia on his table the other day. Well, look, I think it's important that everybody has a few pre-rolls laying around in case of a, an emergency or, you know, you're hungry or you're, you want to drink some beers. You got to have a fatty to smoke. And it appears that Jamal has plenty of pre-rolls uh, in the hizzy. The Buccaneers, uh, we were saying they're going to be playing the Bears on Thursday night. They're really banged up, Scotty. They did not have their four top wide receivers at practice today. Leonard Fournette will be a game-time decision. Tight end O.J. Howard is done for the year with a torn Achilles. LaShawn McCoy, week-to-week with an ankle injury. That's going to be a very banged-up Buccaneer offense. I know the Bears can't score, and the Buck D could probably hold them down, but Brady's going to have to do a little work on Thursday night in Chicago, Scotty. Well, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting about this game is I think the Bucs are way better, but I, I think they have some massive injury problems right now with their receiving core. It's like Rodgers throwing to no-names. I think Brady's going to have to throw to no-names in this game, and I think that'll keep the Bears in the game. And here's the other reason I think the Bears will be in the game, because Foles is just as bad as Trubisky. So no one wanted to say it, no one wanted to see it, but it's true. He has done absolutely nothing once he got that job. And now he's going to be on national television Thursday night against Tom Brady. And when he loses that game, what are they going to say about Foles then? They're going to say he's no better than Trubisky. And they're going to start talking about go back to Mitchell because Foles is as average as a rainy day. I mean, let's be honest here. He had one great moment in his life and career, and he's made like a a living off of it ever since just stealing from clubs, making all this money, and he's never done jack since that Super Bowl. He got lucky then to get that job because of an injury to Wentz. He wins the Super Bowl, has a great game in the Super Bowl, then makes a fortune, and now is considered this elite starter that should have been playing for the Bears all along. He sucked in Jacksonville, and he sucks in Chicago, and the Bears have two sucky quarterbacks, and that's all there is to it. How do you like me now? We're only four games into the season, Scotty, but I will give you who would be picking top five in the NFL draft right now. The Jets would be number one. The Dolphins would be number two. That's the Texans slot. The Giants three, Falcons four, and the Jaguars once again in the top five of the NFL draft. I guess we could say the same thing about the Jets and the Giants. They're in the top five of the NFL draft every single year as well. NFL game, Scotty, averaging 51.3 points per game uh, through the four-week mark. That's the uh, since the 1970 merger, highest total ever. Uh, we've heard about the over-unders. Overs are hitting at an extremely high rate. Uh, I, I kind of attribute this to the no preseason and the no uh, OTAs in real practice. I just think the defenses are far behind right now, Scotty. So I just saw something. Chad Pender just hit a home run literally to the top of the stairs in right center wow. field at Dodger Stadium. There's only been one player ever to hit a home run out of Dodger Stadium, and he did it twice. 
Willie Stargell of the Pittsburgh Pirates hit two balls out of Dodger Stadium. Chad Hinder just hit a ball that was the furthest home run I've ever seen at Dodger Stadium besides Willie Stargell. The ball landed at the top of the stairs in right center. Look where that ball landed. I mean, it almost, oh, I guess it hit about 20 rows down, but it, it ended up up top. I thought it landed up top. So Chad's not as much of a badass as I thought he was. Never mind. <laughs> uh, Sunday night during the game, uh, Santa Clara County made Michaels and Collinsworth wear the masks throughout the whole game. Did they bellyache about it enough for you during the game? About 20 times they brought it up. Yeah, like, you know, it's hilarious. Uh, people making fun of uh, wearing masks. It's become such a problem in this politicized country. No one wants to wear a mask. And then you suffer the consequences. Don't wear a mask. Get the COVID. Have a tube shoved up your mouth. And lay in an ICU unit for a couple of weeks. See how you like that, tough guy. I don't want to listen to Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels complain about everything with their Gucci life and their limousine rides and first-class airline tickets and they're eating uh, prawns and filet mignons and fancy five-star <laughs> restaurants. Uh, listening to them cry about wearing a mask, you just want to punch them in the face. Four weeks into the season right now, who is your leader, shall we say, for the MVP race? Right now, you would have to think Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Josh Allen. They are your top four at FanDuel, too, with Russell Wilson at plus 200, Mahomes right behind him, Rodgers, and then Allen is the fourth choice at 10-1. to 1. I know it's only four weeks, Scotty, but where would you lean right now, Wilson? I mean, it is so hard. Uh, they've all been so great. Uh, I'd have to say uh, Aaron Rodgers for me because, uh, in my opinion, he's literally throwing to nobody. I mean, he's making this happen with no names, like homeless guys. And then Patrick Mahomes has stars. As far as I'm concerned, I think Lockett and Metcalf are, are star players for Wilson. People may not agree with that, but I do. I mean, Metcalf, if you've ever seen him with his uniform off, the guy looks like Adonis. And then Josh Allen... What he's doing in Buffalo is amazing. In fact, I'd put it Rodgers, Allen, 1-2 before I'd uh, pick Mahomes. Mahomes is amazing, and he's got amazing players all around him. So it makes it easier for him, right? And then yep. uh, Wilson, I think people are just want to give it to him because they feel sorry that he's never uh, got one. Uh, all I know is uh, Aaron Rodgers, what he's doing with no names, literally no names, is the most impressive to me. I'm going to save the week five NFL odds for you for tomorrow. That'll be a little Wednesday special. Uh, we will go all through right. all of the lines for this week's games. I want to get some college to you fast. Manny Diaz says that the game against Clemson is the type of game you want to measure yourself. Uh, the hurricane passing game needs to be good. They got to hit some deep shots here if they want to beat this Tiger team on Saturday night, Scotty. They got to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with them. They have to be able to score – uh, multiple times. They have to have no three and outs. They got to have possessions that lead to points and they got to move the ball inside the 50 deep into Clemson's end. And I mean, multiple times to be in this game, they have to strike. They have to get a lead. They have to do something to show Clemson. They're there to, uh, you know, mean business. Florida is playing at Texas A&M this Saturday. Gators quarterback Kyle Trask off to a good start. Says he was named after Texas A&M's Kyle Field. He'll get a chance to get a win there. LSU eliminating COVID wellness checks at Tiger Stadium. Good idea by down at LSU. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid sportsgrid.com So uh, Bam's going to play tonight. Now they're saying Drogic's going to go through warm-ups, and if he can tolerate the pain, he's going to try to go for the heat as well in game four. I'll believe that when I see it. But I've done that injury, and uh, I've shot myself up a cortisone with an eight-inch needle. It's no joke. You can't feel anything. I think you should just go for it. Also, um, Terrence Bud Crawford will fight Kel Brook in November, November 14th. Here's what's going to happen there. Uh, Bud Crawford's going to beat Kel Brook's ass. Kel Brook's best days are long gone. Know that. 
Uh, Ryan Matumbo, the son of Dikembe Matumbo, commits to Georgetown. Going to go play for the Hoyas like his old man, styling. An Arkansas man was sentenced to more than 100 years in prison for a fatal shooting over an unwanted mayo on his burger. Somebody put mayonnaise on his burger, so he felt like the best thing would be to kill the person and then go do 100 years in federal prison. Nice job, idiot. Uh, Dolly Parton and talks to Pose and Playboy for her 75th birthday. They don't do nude in Playboy anymore. Uh, drunk student gets stuck in a dryer and has to be rescued by firefighters. That's when you know you drank the whole kitten caboodle. When you drank the entire bottle and the whole keg, you end up in a dryer and can't get out. That's when you've had a few too many. And then former Kane Akeem Jala stabbed to death in New Orleans. Jesus, what a grim show today. Eddie Van Halen dies. The Marlins run, hits a wall as the Braves jack them. 9-5 in Houston now. We're watching the Astros leading the game against Ace 3-2. I actually think it's 4-2 now. 4-2. Maldonado, Maldonado Jacks went out 4-2 Astros in the top of the fifth. Two more games tonight, Yankees and Rays, Padres and Dodgers. That's going to be a good one for everybody in SoCal. See you tonight on the bench. Game time decisions up next. Good night, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.